When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, of course, everyone out there that knows Joe, aka Ox1947, is right there for you at LakersBall.com. Go ahead and check out what he's doing today. He's probably normally raging on something at playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break, but he was in good spirits along with everybody else to go ahead and check out what we're doing today at playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break. Of course, what Ox1947 does at LakersBall.com, and if you want your lawn transformed into something much more magical than it is today, and you live in the SoCal area, let's go ahead and check out Simblades, Simblades with a Y.com. Plus our good friends at Lakerholics.com, the guy right below me right here is the number one absolutely numero uno lakers blogger that's out there that's laker tom join him and jamie sweet with his five things articles today at of course lakerholics.com plus our good friends of the hoop heads podcast network and also we're getting close to 500 subscribers so if you can go ahead and like and subscribe please that's greatly appreciated as we strive on our way to go ahead and be at 500 subscribers on youtube our good friend henry hill Thanks so much for all you do for us as part of Courtside Lakers on Instagram, where we're going ahead live to over 5,000 subscribers right there for you on Instagram. That's at Courtside Lakers. Then you can go ahead and follow us, like us, support us any which way you can. Also, our good friends at Hoop Pets Podcast Network and any way you can support us here at the Lakers Fast Break it is sincerely appreciated. Well, LeBron, maybe needing some warm up time before the All Star game, decided to go ahead and play in tonight's game and a good thing he did we got a glimpse a real big glimpse of what the lakers could look like in the second half as we had all the pieces together all the players that rob has gotten together for the trades rui hashimura d'angelo russell malik beasley jared vanderbilt and mo bamba finally were part of the lineup today a starting lineup, which consisted, I know that's been a great source of conversation over the past couple of days, Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench, Malik Beasley, and D'Angelo Russell is now your new starting backcourt with Jared Vanderbilt out there in the forward alongside LeBron AD, making Laker Tom happy. Will it make us happy? Well, tonight, we sure were happy 
with the game tonight against the New Orleans Pelicans, a team who we want to get as close to as possible in the standings. And the Lakers, they got they went out to a 17 to 4 lead and never looked back. New Orleans Pelicans in the second quarter and third quarter kind of closed the gap. In fact, they closed it all the way down to two, but the Lakers stretched out from there as the Lakers pulled away with one of their first and few easy wins of the season 120 to 102 and it was actually not just all lebron it was not even all ad it was actually a team effort tonight now hopefully want everyone to get everybody together on this 28 points 10 rebounds for ad lebron james only 21 it was d'angelo russell it was malik beasley it was rui hashimura it was mo bamba and it's dennis schroeder providing a great team effort Jared Vanderbilt providing some energy and really just a great all-around performance from the team as, again, the Lakers do win 120-102. to 102. And here today to talk about the game is, oh, I've got three co-hosts this time, so I'm really happy for that. First man up, first man here. He is the number one Lakers blogger that's out there at Lakerholics.com. It is Laker Tom. Great to have you here, Tom. And you are nothing but a happy man tonight. You got the lineup I think you wanted. And yep. the results you wanted as well. You know, it's so funny. I told my wife right after I saw the announcement of the starting lineups. I said, you know, since the bubble and the moves that Frank Vogel made in the finals, I haven't had my starting lineup play for the Lakers in the last two and a half years, two and two thirds years. So this was a pleasure for me. Um, this was exactly everything that I thought they should do. You know, they put their two volume three-point shooters in there, Beasley and D'Angelo Russell. That gave them enough spacing to take a gamble and put their best defender in there so they'd have at least a wing defender who could cover the guys like Brandon Ingram. And uh, he was just terrific on Ingram all, all night long. The only thing that I wish that Darwin would do is just match people up and, and stagger your superstars and stagger your rim protectors. And, and if, if Ingram is going to be guarded by, by Vanderbilt, then keep him in the game when Ingram's there, take him out when Ingram goes out, have him shadow him the whole game, you know, make this guy's life miserable. Um, at any rate, you know, I was, it'll be interesting to see what the backstory is as to, because two days ago, Darwin Ham said, my starting backcourt for the foreseeable future is going to be, you know, Dennis Schroeder and D'Angelo Russell. Mm -hmm. And that created an uproar. I mean, I wrote an article about it, 3,550,000 ,000 other people probably wrote articles about it, saying, how could you, you know, it's a ridiculous move. It eliminates your abilities to to put a, not another shooter like like." Vanderbilt in the starting lineup. It also it also takes away a shooter. Schroeder is not a terrible three-point shooter, but he's not he doesn't know gravity out there. People are not going to cover him. They're going to go under the screen on him every single time and clog up the middle. So this this announcement and change that Darwin Ham made, whether he made that on his own by thinking that rethinking the whole situation, saying, wait a minute, as much as I love Dennis. His best position for the team is really coming off the bench and replacing Russell. And that opens up the opportunity so that you've got 
Beasley in there with his eight to three eight three point attempts per game. You've got him in there along with D'Angelo with his seven per game. So you've got the shooters that that the front office went out and got, and you've got them in there. They're going to create gravity. They'll have to just because the Lakers have been so bad. They're going to have to make their shots to make people believe them. But at least you got two guys who basically shoot close to forty percent, and they together they shoot half as many threes as the Lakers have ever averaged in the entire game with all of their players. So that, we've got a finally got a starting lineup that looked good. Um, some rough spots here and there. Pretty good defense to allow only 102 points to the Pelicans. I think aren't the Pelicans the number one offensive team in the league? I think uh, they're, they're up right. there. They're up there. That's they're a scoring sure. team in the league, I think, and we held them to 102 points. With uh, Zion healthy, they are. Yes. Yeah. Um, the other thing, too, is that if you look at the plus minuses, five players had double-digit plus minuses. Only five of them on the Lakers. Guess which five? Starting lineup. Um, Twitter's, you know, I mean, I've been battling on Twitter and MNLakerholics.com for the last three days, basically fighting this whole thing about, you know, oh, Dennis Schroeder is fine as our starting point guard. And this is a, it doesn't really matter in all of these things. And we saw tonight how it really does matter. It makes a whole lot of difference. It makes LeBron's job a lot easier. It makes AD's job a lot easier. Um, we saw Obama come in there and make some good plays defensively. Um, and we know that almost everybody on this team can shoot the three. Um, so this is a terrific sign. We couldn't have had a better going away party for the first two thirds of the season. Um, at least we can look forward to the second half of the, or the last, was it 23 games, I guess now. 23 right? games left. We've got 23 games left and, and, I tell you, I feel a lot more confident knowing that number one, Ham is playing the right players. They're coming through and playing well. LeBron and AD look like they're healthy and engaged. Let's just hope that nothing happens in the All-Star game or nobody has an accident at home during, you know, the All-Star break and we can come back in these 23 games. We're five games under 500. So out of 23 games, what is that? You have to be... Uh, 14 and nine, I guess. I think that works out to be five games. 14 it? and nine, that would get them to 500. Get them to be 500. I think we can easily do 14 and nine. Can we do uh, 17 and six or 16 and seven? Going to need something like that to get like the 43, 44 wins, you know, a little over the, a little over 500. Um, you know, I'm I'm thrilled with I'm thrilled not only because we're our coach now seems to be on the same wavelength as the front office, as the same wavelength as the fans and most of the experts who are watching what the team is doing and looking at the players that we acquired in the trade deadline. Um, and I think you're going to find that there's a lot more optimism in the projections of what people think the Lakers could really do in the second half or the last third of the season. So, man, A-plus for the game tonight and uh, A-plus for how things look good for the Lakers. It's uh, Everything's coming up Lakers. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win, pulling away 120 to 102. Also here today to talk about the great game that they played virtually throughout. Uh, you know, just a little bit of a slips here and there, but outside, really overall a, a outstanding performance. One of their best 
of the year. One of the few times Joe would say that we actually get to go ahead and have a route on our side. So it actually was very enjoyable to watch indeed. You should have been part of it at playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. We had a great time and some great conversations while the Lakers were winning throughout. But the guy who led that is the madman from Toronto. He just can't get out of Toronto traffic unless it's to watch the Lakers win a blowout. It is the magic man, Sean Grice, the future host of magic man in the morning magic man. Great to have you here. My friend, your thoughts on the game, obviously that starting lineup from the get go, as we talked about, you know, they got off to that big lead. I know a lot of people are going to be infatuated now that the starting lineup, as we see it is going to do big things. I think we saw the optimal success of that team and how it started out. I'm hoping they can sustain it, you know, for the most of the rest of the way, mm-hmm. because if AD and LeBron are healthy and in there and they have the right pieces fitting around them, you know, the Lakers can get back to 500 and start talking about playoffs once again. Oh, hundred percent, Gerald. I mean, uh, Look at the uh, the plus minus tonight. All five starters were a plus ten or better. They also had three players off the bench who were in the positive as well: Troy Brown Jr., Dennis Schroeder, and Rui. And Austin Reeves was only a minus one. And he played twenty two minutes. I thought his defense was once again very good. Um, you add in Mobamba, so that's five guys now off the bench that you could play. Relatively speaking. Um, that can give you solid effort, and and that, there's not a lot, there's not a whole lot of shooting on off the bench, but I'm confident in Dennis Schroeder's ability to uh, rally the rally the guys and put put the team in position to to get the best shot available. Um, I love the the starting lineup. I I love. Uh, we talked. You and me talked about the other show, Gerald. And I think Tom echoed in as well. Putting Jared Vanderbilt on big guys like Brandon Ingram and possibly Kevin Durant, you know, those guys are going to get their shots, but he could be a deterrent. And he really affected Brandon Ingram's efficiency uh, from the elbow in, basically. He kept on his hip. He wouldn't let him get by him. And he really tried to uh, be as big of a, a deterrent with his length and his body positioning as possible. Um, turnovers, only 10 turnovers. That that That's quite the cry from, you know, a Russell Westbrook and Pat Bev game where you can at least add in another seven between the two of them probably. Um, so the Lakers are being efficient with the ball as well. They had 32 assists on 10 turnovers. That's probably their best assist to turnover ratio all year. Has to be. It's that's three point two to one. Four to one is considered elite. Three to one is great. So that their their uh, ability to move was again uh, very poignant. Gerald, and you had mentioned it. This is what a real offense looks like. Guys are moving. They're not standing around ball watching or running towards the rim when the ball goes up. So there was a flow, like Z was talking about. Shout out to Zingerstein. She mentioned it too. There was a flow to the offense. So if if, if this is any indication, I really hope he doesn't go with a 31st starting lineup next game, and he continues to chug along with these five guys until 
until the wheels fall off because they were all effective in their own way. And I'd like to point out that um, even though he's not in the starting lineup, uh, Sam Quinn had mentioned a few days ago off a tweet that D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, LeBron James, Jared Vanderbilt, and Anthony Davis should be the starting five of the Lakers because they all complement one another. Now, if you want to switch out Reeves for Beasley because of shooting, I understand that. But I would say right now I would put Austin Reeves' defense ahead of Beasley's, but obviously Malik's the better shooter, so he's probably going to get the lion's share of minutes. But we have uh, at least a really great eight-man rotation now. With those five starters, if you brought Rui, Troy Brown, and Schroeder off the bench, that would be a solid eight. Anything you get from Austin Reeves uh, offensively and Mo Bamba offensively, I think is gravy because I think Reeves' defense with that bench mob just creates, again, it's it's more synergistic than anything else. It's, it's more about having players complement each other, right? That's that you hear that word a lot in football, but you don't hear it a lot in basketball. Complementary football. Well, there, this tonight was complementary basketball. Guys who could move, guys who could shoot, guys who can use their length defensively, other guys who could stay in front of people. You know, it's it's nice to have two guys on the floor now that can kind of stay in front of their man. Reeves and Vanderbilt can keep guys in front of them. And that helps that helps immensely, especially when AD is at the is at the bottom end of the, the baseline or under the rim. It's very, very important that you have at least two guys who can keep in front of their guy because that's what it was like in 2020. You either had Caruso and KCP or you had uh, KCP and Kuzma or a combination of two out of the three, and all three of those guys were capable of keeping their man in front of them. If we added another one in the offseason, that'd be great. But so far, it's paying dividends. This is a great win. I, I was stoked about it, so I'm happy moving forward. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. Uh, so you would watch The Tomorrow War before The Matrix? Yes. If you forced me down, you, I was tied into a chair and I had to watch one thing, I would say The Matrix Resurrections. Really? Funny. Yeah, because of all the cutscenes, I could remember what a good movie was like. <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Yes, that's the only reason for the flashbacks, to remind you what a good Matrix movie was. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win, pulling away 120 to 102 and a great performance overall. Also here today, he is Ox1947. You got to go ahead and check out everything unfiltered that he says for us at playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. He was on it tonight and he was in a great mood. It is Joe Sorrell, the guy behind Simblades, SimbladesWithAY.com. Joe, you got to be pleased with the result. I know that you talked about it in a previous show about you don't like being so up and down about one day, you know, trying to be so happy about what the team is doing at Golden State. Then you see what happens at the the egg they laid in Portland. 
But you got to be pleased now that they have all the pieces together for the first time since the trades all happened that we can actually see what this team looks like <laughs> going forward. It was encouraging to see a starting lineup that we wanted to see, like Laker Tom said. It was cohesiveness right out the gate. And uh, Zangerstein was talking about how the pick and roll with LeBron and AD was a little more free-flowing here. And a lot of it is that because D'Angelo Russell hit those first two open threes, and you got to worry about them now. It's just there's no other way. And as the chemistry builds, as the confidence in the team grows, LeBron and AD feels comfortable with those guys, yeah, we're going to get a chance to see what, what this team can be. Um, I'm, I'm going to have to say, unfortunately, it's probably not going to be this year. Um, I have somewhat already... I, I know we need to still watch these guys play, but I think I've seen enough of Delo's game, Beasley's game, and Vanderbilt's game uh, in general to know that these are the type of players that you want to build a title team with. Uh, the big three thing uh, is likely done in my book, unless it's a freak situation where you drafted correctly, like Golden State did with Draymond, Clay, and Steph. But at this point, I think we need to start building depth and hopefully preparing for next year so that LeBron isn't averaging 36 minutes a game. He played 29 tonight, just to give you an idea. Which is which is what That'd be nice every night. That is that that was the number. And the number that number always stuck with me because one of the greatest coaching years I ever watched was in 2014. Greg Popovich and how he coached that championship team. That was probably his best coaching. It, it might, might not have been the – it might have been his best team too. I know that sounds weird. You had Tim Duncan in his prime winning a few championships. But I actually think that might have been the best uh, San Antonio team in the Greg Popovich, Greg Popovich uh, Tim Duncan era. And a lot of that was because he – Duncan played 29 minutes a game. He preserved them so well to the point where when they got to the end there, Dwayne Wade ran out of gas. LeBron got a cramp, cramp in his hamstring, and they were running circles. They were running a fundamental clinic that I hadn't seen in years. So the Lakers need to have that kind of mindset. Now, I I'm going to say one more unfortunate thing. I know people don't want to hear that. I don't think we're going to do anything this year. and We're going to have to start thinking about next year. The next thing is, unfortunately, we did see not so good rotations again from Darvin Ham, which he's going to have to clean that up in the offseason. He's going to have to look at a lot of film during the offseason and really kind of figure out what the hell he's doing. Now, he did coach Russell Westbrook. He did coach uh, Patrick Beverly most of this year. So you can kind of give him a little bit of slack, I guess. But he better get his act together this summer and make sure he has good rotations next year. And then, of course, at the end, guys, we still have to wait to see, are these guys going to make it a full season? However, with that, other than the free throw shooting, I mean, that was that's probably the only embarrassment to that tonight was their free throws. Everyone missed their free throws tonight. I mean, 
it, it almost felt like Steve Nash would have missed free throws on our team this year, or I'm sorry, this tonight. And it it was just that was it, it, this would have been a 30 point game had they had they just made one of two. These guys were missing both <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> so with that, I they're gonna get a little rest here. Uh, for those of you who think that Anthony Davis is an all-star, he's not. He's actually not an all-star this year. He's not even a reserve. So he's really going to be able to get some rest. LeBron, I hope, goes the Kobe route. I can't remember what year it was that he played literally, I think, one minute, and he sat down, and that was it. I think LeBron needs to probably do that for the all-star game and hopefully come in and try to see if they can make some noise in the last 23 games. Laker Tom, I want to ask you this. When you see how this team can play like they did with that 17 to 4 start, you see how the spacing of the floor really matters. I know a lot of people are still behind putting Reeves in that starting lineup because of his defense. And I say, yeah, that's great. But if he can't space the floor, then it just makes things a little bit harder because you just don't have those enough floor spacers. Two seems to be the magic number that helps LeBron and AD so tremendously out there having two floor spacers out there well i think it's also the kind of floor spacers that you have it's great to have 40 percent three-point shooters who take three or four shots a game but they're not going to scare anybody because they're only going to make one or two shots but if you got two guys and who shoot close to 40 percent and they take seven or eight shots a game and that's d'angelo russell and and Malik Beasley, all of a sudden that's scary because those guys are going to take 15 shots. And if they make seven or eight a game, you know, all of a sudden things have changed. Look at the three points. The Lakers are a team that averages 31 shots a game, 31 threes a game. We shot 37 threes. We're going to be shooting, we're going to be shooting seven to 10 more threes per game and making more as a result of this. And the more that that happens, Hopefully what we can do is we can take this lineup. And I think there's nobody was as hard on Darwin Ham as I was in the last few days. I mean, I've basically been merciless on the poor guy <laughs> saying basically that he ought to be fired if he doesn't change that lineup. But you know what? The guy changed the lineup. He made the right move. I'm sure he heard from the front office. I'm sure he heard all of the criticism, but he made this—he made the right move. And even though he's had tons of lineups, he's never had the whole lineup, the whole roster available. And now he finally does. So I can—I don't think he's going to change much. I think what we can hope for is that maybe he'll prove me wrong on a couple of things. Like I think we should—I'd stagger the superstars if I was a coach. <laughs> You know, LeBron or AD is going to be on that floor no matter what, 48 minutes a game. And I'd stagger AD and Bamba so that we have a rim protector in there. And I'd stagger the point guard so there's always a point guard in there. He seems to feel like, hey, this team is good enough and deep enough that I don't have to do that. I can go two minutes without LeBron and, and, and AD in there. I can go two minutes without a point guard in there because Reeves can handle it. We've only seen two games with these guys. We may see more games like like the last one or the three games with these guys and only one game with Mamba and the whole team there. So we've still got a lot of room to grow and, and 
the one thing for sure is that we can't continue to play inconsistent like we've been playing. We got to roll off. We got to roll off eight out of 10, nine out of 10 games. I mean, I looked at these numbers here. 14 and nine will get us to 500. That'll get us into the playing tournament. 16, seven, six, 16 and 7 will probably get us 43 and 39. That'll probably get us in the number 7 or 8 spot in the play-in tournament. And, and if we go 18 and 5 or 17 and 6, we'll probably get the number 6 spot. So we're in good shape because this team is good enough to win that many of the games, to win 2 out of 3 or 3 out of 4 or 5 out of 6 of the games that we've got coming up. And... We may not need and we may never see MVP Anthony Davis because all of a sudden we've got a lot of other weapons on the team. And that's good. I mean, I'd like to see us. I don't mind him playing a deep rotation. I, when we get to the playoffs, no problem. We can narrow it down to eight guys and, you know, and we can run it, run those eight guys down to the ground. But for now, especially with the injuries that we have with LeBron and AD, I'd like to see them around 30 minutes. I'd like to see us play 10, 11, 12 guys. But I'd like to see us open and close halves with that starting lineup. That starting lineup is the key. It's got everything we need. It's got the firepower. Uh, it's got the three-point gravity you get from volume three-point shooters. And it's got a guy who can defend anybody in the league. I mean, I was watching, I was watching Vanderbilt the entire game. I mean... He is so long and quick that it is hard to imagine how difficult it is for an offensive player to have a guy like that on him the entire game. I would never have let, if I was a coach, I would never have let, I would have said, you follow him right to the bench every time just to make sure. He doesn't go anywhere on the court that you don't go. Because Vanderbilt can shut guys down. He can really, he can really be a force. I mean, we're not going to, you know, he may, the shots that Ingram made over Vanderbilt that were in the key, these are the kind of shots that KCP and Schroeder were defending previously. And what a difference to have to have a player like him guarding those things. And then when a lot of times when we ended up with a switch, the poor offensive player ended up getting switched by Anthony Davis. So that lineup has got two elite defenders who can basically almost guard one to five, and it's got two elite high-powered shooters. And it's got two elite superstars. I don't. You can't put together a better balanced lineup like that unless you had five two-way players. And 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 let's be honest. I I think all all four panelists here and Gerald Gerald needs his flowers here. He basically called it from the start. He said, "Ruiz Ruiz a great bench player. He's not a starter. He's a very good bench player, and he could be a shot in the arm for you." And Tonight's a perfect example. Thank you, Burton, for subscribing. We truly appreciate it. One of the things I did want to ask you guys is about the newest arrival for the Los Angeles Lakers, and that is Mo Bamba. Uh, Mo Bamba had some mixed results, obviously, maybe some nerves as well. Uh, got into some early foul trouble. Uh, didn't shoot well from behind the arc, but showed some things. Still, energy-wise, uh, I still... I think that's probably the biggest thing I see as far as him needing more of. If he had the energy anywhere near what Gabriel or Vanderbilt did, he would probably be a, a starter in the league. In fact, Orlando probably would not have let him go. But yeah, to his credit, though, when he's able to utilize his size. Oh, there you go. Some some flowers right there for Joe on, 
after post Valentine's Day there for you. But I will say though that Mo Bamba mixed results. But if you can just steer him in the right direction and put, give him a platform for success to give you a contribution each and every time out, I that's what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to seeing if we could develop Bamba not into a superstar player, not into even a, if we can actually get him to the point where he's a starter, Tom. I think we're golden if that's the case. That means he's consistent and he brings you something on both ends of the floor. Yeah, he's listen, he's a much better shooter than you saw. He's a 40% shooter this year yeah. um, consistently, and he's got a beautiful stroke. But my God, 710 wingspan. That was an incredible block that he made. Um, and him throwing the ball down and so forth. So it was good to see. All of the guys we traded for, the reason we were able to trade for them is because they have they have warts, they have flaws, they are not perfect players, they're not superstars. Um, they were traded because their teams wanted to get rid of them and were willing to take draft capital for them. They didn't want any of the players we gave them because they cut all of those guys. They all voted been all cut. Even even Russ can't even seem to find a backup job somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's but uh it's it's just such a great feeling to spend, you know, I hate to, it's always tough in the middle of the year, as far as I'm concerned, to take a break at the all-star game. You know, we're in the middle of a, we're in the middle of a stretch run, you know, and, and they want to take a break so that they can all go buddy, buddy and kissy, kissy. And, you know, had to have a nice little party, even to the point where LeBron, LeBron would probably risk injury tonight just so that he could, not look funny playing in the all-star game after missing two games at the Lakers. Um, so you got a week off, but you know, it, I'm glad that I'm glad we won. I'm glad that we changed our lineup, saved me from writing about 12 articles over the next week and probably having tarpal tunnel syndrome and a lot of other problems just because of anxiety of, you know, of, of you know, Avery Bradley is dead and Dennis Schroeder as the starting point guard is dead. So we can move on now, you know. We know that that was not a Laker disease that every new coach caught that was incurable, you know. It's not the zombie apocalypse. It's not, you know, the best of Last of Us. There you go. Uh, great series, great series if everybody's watching it. Oh, Bella Ramsey, what a what an actress. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Just a great show indeed. Joe, your thoughts, though, on Mo Bamba? I mean, again, you see the good and you see the bad. You see the reasons why Orlando traded him, but you also see the reasons that there could be some potential for him to, I guess, if he could get everything together consistently to break out as a great thing for the Lakers going forward. So Mo Bamba has a ceiling where you would need someone who could coach him to that next phase in his career. There are plenty of players out there that have started their careers not living up to their draft status that became integral parts of winning teams. Mombamba has that potential. He's long. He can block shots. You saw that tonight. I think he had three blocks, if, I, if I'm correct. I think he had three. Yeah. So. And one of them was only point blank. <laughs> and then, of course, he didn't. I don't think he made a three tonight, but he's 
pretty pretty efficient there. Thirty nine percent on the season, even though he doesn't take a lot of shots. Yeah. So you you you're gonna need a coach that can tap into his potential and make it flourish. I don't know yet if Darvin Ham has that ability. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to see how that turns out. Well, there was almost every coach on his staff, including Darwin Ham himself, were player development coaches. I mean, there's three or four of them on the staff who were all experts at that. So it's a very it's a very focused staff, you know. I mean, so ironically, it makes sense that we went out and got a lot of young players because that's the kind of staff we have. They didn't even they didn't even require that he and, and I think this hurt hurt Darwin a lot, but they didn't really require that he have a veteran of Usually, you know, you want a veteran, previous veteran experienced coach first, you know, sitting next to him as his first as his first assistant. Um, and that there's lots of times when that would have helped, you know, just you don't realize you don't realize until you actually go out and try to do something like coaching, how difficult it is to watch the game and realize what's happening and strategize all of your moves at the same time. It's it's incredibly difficult, and in the pro leagues, you need to have you need to have assistants who basically individually have responsibilities to make sure that everything gets taken care of, that every rotation has the right combinations and so forth. Don't you be tempting me with those seas candies, there, Joe. You got to stop that, man. Well, we're talking about flowers. We're okay. talking about boxes of chocolates. Okay. So I thought it'd be only you know, fair to produce those. Okay, fair enough. Once again, the Lakers do win. Fair enough. What are you talking about fair? 120-102. Well, I'm trying to segue over to Sean, goodness gracious, so that Sean can weigh in with his thoughts on Mo Bamba. Sean, I know you're going to probably elaborate on Mo Bamba when you do and when you start your morning show, but for us here at night, what are your thoughts after the game? I mean, again, it's just one game as laker tom would say just one game just yeah. one game yeah I, but you know. you know the early returns on baba bomba are mixed but you see mm-hmm. the signs that if he just put some things together maybe he could be an answer to some of the lakers woes yes i think so gerald i i i do it's in there the a, a very good to great players in there somewhere for some reason and i know that Bamba has received his fair share of criticism for why he was traded and why he didn't uh, get consistent minutes. However, Draymond Green last year brought up a great point where he talked about, well, with all due respect, when it comes to calling a guy a bust or, you know, maybe he hasn't developed properly, well, that it takes two to tango there. So as much as emphasis and critique you want to put on the player you need to put on the organization as well for not helping that player develop the way either you want you saw them or the way they saw themselves now there's a lot of onus on bomba now to prove that you know there is not wasted potential that he is capable of more and like you said gerald the outlines are there it's just when you watch him on the court, he's like a box of chocolates. Like the quote Forrest Gump, you never know what you're going to get with Mo Bamba on the court. 
He could pick up two fouls quickly in three minutes. Like Gerald was saying earlier, he could go five for five from three uh, in the first 15 minutes he plays. He could play very effective on one possession and the next possession, you wonder what the hell he was doing. I'm hoping, and I, I saw Zangerstein point this out as well. I'm hoping Phil Handy is able to work with him more so on a one-on-one basis because that seems to be where his niche is as far as uh, finding what a player's strengths are and then trying to accentuate it either through uh, developmental skills and then transferring that into the game or sitting them down and figuring out what makes them tick. Like I love Bamba's intensity. He, he he really looked he rem, his, a lot of his facial expressions remind me of, of those old C web from the uh, from the Kings where he just had that mean mug like for 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 48 minutes if Bamba can play with that kind of intensity all the time I think the rest will take care of itself but we're just going to have to be patient with him Gerald because it's it, like you said he he needs a lot of polishing he really does but he he looks like he could be a very good player. Once again, it's a Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win, pulling away 120 to 102 in a great performance. One of their best of the year. One of the easiest wins for the Lakers this year. And it really sends a sign that we can still have a chance going forward after the All-Star break. And Tom, I'm going to go back to you on this. With the Lakers, not only are these games important with the Pelicans, the fact that obviously because of the trade issues and whatnot, but also the play-ins as well. I mean, you talked about the what the, the road is like for Lakers and how well they have to play in order just to even get in the play-in. You see those teams that they have to jump over. There are three teams right now just to get into the play-in with Oklahoma City, with Utah, and with Portland that they're currently battling out. It's not just the games. It's not just the fact that, you know, with the different things that are going on as far as the, the, the different scenarios if there's tiebreaker scenarios that they all work against the lakers it's just the fact that right now they have to win games put them together and get back to 500 yeah i it's you know it's it's silly to uh to be looking at the standings right now and calculating who's going to be moved out and who they're going to pass up and and what's going to happen because there are just too many variables to do it the only thing they can do is to control the one thing they can control which is the game in front of them they need to win. They need to win out. They need to win 23 games. That's how they need to go out right after they get off of their all-star break. They need to go out and say, we're going to win 23 games in a row, period. And we're going to go into the playoffs undefeated. And if they go out and every game and do that, they'll finish 17 and six or 18 and five because they have the talent to do it. They have the right lineup to do it. I was just looking at, at the minutes played. It's interesting because the starters, they played starter minutes, 23 to 30 minutes, all five starters, other than the starters who played minutes. Well, it looks like there are three guys, four guys that played minutes. Achimura played 16, Brown played 18, there are five guys. Bamba played 16, Schroeder played 20, and Reeves played 22. Three guys, one guy didn't play, and three guys played um, four minutes, three minutes, and three minutes, including Walker, who's out of the rotation. 
it's a 10 man rotation. And what's good about that is other than now that he's divided upon the right starting lineup, I don't care who he plays in his 10 man rotation because all 10 guys are good guys. And most of them blend together. I'd like to see, since we blocked five shots between our two centers, I'd like to see a rim protector on the floor 48 minutes a game. That makes such a difference for the defense. There's nothing that helps the perimeter defender as much as having a rim protector to erase that mistake when the guy gets to the rim. And the superstars, I'd like to see both superstars there. We don't have the Russell Westbrook thing to, you know, like that third quasi-superstar to throw the thing off. You only got two of them. I'd like to see them both on the one of them on the court all the time. Um, I think that makes sense. And I'd like to see I'd like to see a point guard on the court all the time. Although when LeBron's on the court, they can do without a point guard, you know. So this team has a lot of versatility. They can match up with a lot of different teams. It's going to be very interesting. And I think that they're I think they're going to leave this win puts them in a frame of mind where they can really focus. Now, hopefully, they've had they've had the crap beat out of them so badly during the season that nobody's going to get overconfident based upon one game. Right. And understanding that there's a lot of chemistry to build between the team. Um, and God dang, I hope the hell they're going to have a few practices if they got a whole week off. You know, I mean, did the union allow that? Does the union allow them to practice or do we have some crazy, you know, non rule that you can't, you know, I believe there can do at least workouts. I think there are, there are allowed to do workouts. I don't know if they do a full bump uh, practice. I don't even know if the players want to do. You a know, it's nice that all of these three guys, one of the things that, um, that um, was mentioned when they announced the starting lineup, that one of the reasons why they're doing this starting lineup is that those three guys play together in Minnesota. Yes. They got a history together. And um, that makes a big difference because it was almost like he took, AD and LeBron and sent them to Minnesota, you know, there's your starting lineup, you know, let's take these three guys from Minnesota, put AD and LeBron together and you've got a new team, you know, it's the, uh, it could be the Minnesota Lakers. Joe, any thoughts uh, on that as far as what they can do during, you know, the time that that's downtime, I think most will be obviously having their vacation, trying to rest up and heal up. But I know, you know, there's some things that the Lakers can work on. Maybe they can get together a day sooner than would normally be expected. Something that will allow this team to maybe gel a little bit faster and a little bit sooner, because you, as you and I both know, during the course of the season, the practices for the most part in this day's and age are not something that's really relied upon. Most of the players out there don't even suit up for practice, especially the stars because of fear of injury, et cetera, et cetera. So we usually don't get a chance to see the players practice together very much during the course of the season. But maybe now that it just, even if it's just one complete full practice together, that might be what they need to get them off to a good start in the second uh, part of what we see for this season. You're going to need a leader to organize this <clears throat> leader the term leader is can can be interpreted in so many ways in this day and age ideally if i my thoughts of a leader would be someone literally <laughs> tonight coming in and going guys that was the last game of the first half or the first two-thirds of the season and for those who aren't in the all-star game which is everyone but lebron Let's practice this week. Let's not overexert ourselves. We know we've played 59 games already, but 
let's let's get some cohesiveness a little bit, and then maybe if LeBron isn't too busy putting uh, imaginary crowns on his head uh, <laughs> during his break, uh, maybe he's there to at least not be the odd man out when when he gets when they get back, so that they can create some some chemistry. Uh, unfortunately, the pe- the pessimist in in me here is not expecting that. I believe what's going to likely happen is they're all going to give the excuse that they want to go rest. Just get healed. Just heal yourself and let's don't heal get ourselves. Let's yeah. rest. Ad. Don't slip and, in the shower. And at that point, they'll come back and give it their effort when they can. And it's it's just not very realistic anymore that guys are going to go the extra mile to train and get together on something that that would be very important. I know Frank Vogel, someone was mentioning Frank Vogel's rotation issues and offensive ineptness. I will give Frank Vogel this, and I know a lot of it had to do with the fact that there was health in 2020. He had a set lineup. You know, JaVel McGee had a role. Dwight Howard had a role. Obviously, AD and LeBron are going to do what they do. Uh, Danny Green was going to do what he did. But it was those other guys like Caruso, how to factor those guys in, how he used KCP, how he used Kuzma, how he used those guys in consistent spots to be effective. And then when Kuzma, let's say, wasn't hitting his open shots, I'm sure he told him, look, if you're not going to hit the open shots, it's okay. Just play really good defense because we have Caruso out there. We have KCP out there. We have what should have been the defensive player of the year in, in AD. And LeBron plays defense when he has to. He had a really good defensive team at that point. So whether they're going to prepare for all this, my answer is no. They're going to rest. They're going to they're going to learn on the fly. And then at that point, we're going to have to hope that they have that mindset that they want to go 23-0. and But I haven't seen that kind of mentality yet. It'd be the first time this year if we do. Once again, the Lakers do win. 120 to 102. Sean, before we head on out, my friend, I want to hear your thoughts as we head into the all-star break. Overall, it's been a season of disappointment. The Lakers are currently still in 13th place in the Western Conference, two games out of a play-in, 27 and 32, uh, heading into the all-star game break. Not exactly what we had signed up for, something which, again, even I, who had predicted the Lakers for the 10th place slot that's even below my expectations and uh, to me now with all that's gone on i'm seeing some hope for this team especially if they keep on you know they they can use this and that's almost the bad part about this break is that they have such a great game will they be able to sustain that momentum coming out of the all-star break in a week from now yeah Gerald, that's that's going to be interesting right because you you always you always once in a while there's a team that goes just on this crazy streak right and sometimes it's before the all-star break and there's often talk about well it's gonna be us sean that's gonna be us if if you can if you can recapture that lightning in a bottle and yeah lightning does strike twice in the same spot thousands of times but in sports not so much in sports like Tom was saying earlier, man, there are so many variables. Who's playing? What kind of pressure are both teams under? What kind of injuries are at play? Who gets hurt during the game? There's a controversial call that changes the momentum of the game within the game. So 
<sighs> Gerald, I'm with you. It, I, I, I think it was a little bit more optimistic. I thought we'd finish ninth or eighth. <laughs> <laughs> Gerald went with tenth, but yeah, we were all in the same same boat basically. No, I picked uh, the Clippers first. I'm gonna say it. I said if they don't win this year, they're never gonna win because yeah. on paper they had a talented enough team to win. But you know what? I'm glad that they are where they're at, and it looks like Phoenix is gonna be the you know a favorite out of the West right now. Mm-hmm. So we'll see what happens. Well, listen, there. here's here's some good news on the standings. I'm just looking at the standings, and here's an interesting fact. We're number uh, 13, right? Number 12, number 11, number 10, number 9, number 8, and number 7 are all on losing streaks. Again, Every just, single team between us and number 6 is we'll on losing what happens. Well, no, no, well, well, hold on. Dallas has lost sure, 3, sure. New Orleans lost 1, Golden State's lost 1, OKC's, OKC's won 1, excuse me, there's one winning streak. But, Utah's but, lost 1, Portland's lost 1. Tom, you got to also remember, but though that's if they were normally playing during the season, game after game, you know, game every two days, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. there's a break. And you know how teams come out sometimes a little bit lax coming out of the break. You know, teams mm-hmm. have a tendency to still be on vacation mode, et cetera. We just got to we just got to win 23 games, man. We win 23 games, I guarantee you we're in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, that's there you go. Bold statement right there. 50 wins. Playoffs. Yeah, that's good. 50 and 32 is a good number. But, and I, I fully I think, expect them to do that. By the but way. Joe and I predicted as far as during the regular How many season, wins do we have, Joe? 27. 27? Yes. And 27 and 23 is how many? 50. 50. 50. Wow. So they'd be 50 and 32. The same record in 2003 when they were an Ori in and out away from beating the Spurs in game five, possibly going on on a 4 P. Will we be able to carry the record over to see if we could compete for the 33-win record if we win the first 10 of next year? I don't think they carry uh, offseason because no, no. I, I I, still say to this day that the winning streak in the regular season in 2001 and then the record in the playoffs and then the first 19 games, I'm sorry, 17 games in 20, uh, the 2001, 2020, 2002 season, should all they, went, they went 39 and two. Yeah. 39 and two. Well, I'll take 23 and oh. 23 and oh is throughout, man. And they don't recognize that because it was a playoff. And I'm though I feel like I'm the only one that knows that stat. I don't know why no one talks about it. The Lakers for 10 months, granted, most of that was the offseason, for 10 months lost two meaningful. Games. I want you guys to really. Oh yeah, but for eight months, for eight months, they lost no games. Okay, they, they, lo- okay. they didn't win anything in July, they August, they didn't in September, play. and October, right? Here, here, here's here's where things here's where the rubber meets the road with this team. Okay, because I, I just did some quick research. You beat the Pelicans tonight. You played them one more time. If you win that game. You win the season series. You played the Oklahoma City Thunder two more times. You beat them both those times. You win the season series with them. You play the Minnesota Timberwolves two more times. They already got us once. You beat them twice. You got the tiebreaker with them. And you play the Warriors the first game out of the All-Star break. So you know what? We ended the All Star Game break on a twenty, uh, almost twenty point win, Gerald. 
Yes. I think they need to come out and win a 20-point game against the Warriors. Set a tone. Set a tone. Because 16, you 16 beat of the, our 23 games are against teams ahead of us yeah. in the standings. You beat the Warriors. Psychologically, it's a little different because you actually tie the season series. They beat right. you twice, but you got them twice. But who won the last one? I also yes. want to mention that Joe and I, you know, as far as Denver success, uh, we we predicted that you know that they would actually in during the regular season yeah. would end up uh, leading the way, and they have so far, Joe. But as you and I both are seeing, I think we see signs that that team, and the reason the reason why I don't think you and I pick, I don't know, you don't you didn't pick Denver for the finals, did you? I didn't pick. Denver I picked for Denver the to be the first seed, and I I think I might have picked them to represent. Okay, because I picked them as the first seed, but I picked them to get bounced because I don't. We picked them in the summer too. I didn't even pick them in the regular season. That was something that I I thought if if they don't have good enough defense, if if Jamal Murray was healthy, that they were going to be a a force. And what's weird about that team is, especially considering where we are in the standings, and if we happen to make a little run here to get in the playoffs, they could be. Denver has has no idea how to stop us when we're healthy. And that was with Russell Westbrook and Pat Bev. So being that it, things are as wide open in the NBA, it seems, as, as they are, there's a lot of optimism there if, if, if somebody gets in. But I have yet to see anyone other than the Houston Rockets in 95 come from the bottom of that bracket and actually play really, really well. Yeah. But it's just hard. The charity that, we, that we're suffering right now, though, is – is really unprecedented. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if everybody expects something, just like Sean was saying, some team's going to go on a blowout streak and set everybody back, you know? And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, order will take place. We already got it last year. We already got it last year with Phoenix. It already started. Also got to go ahead and, and, and understand, in the Western Conference, those three teams that are directly above us in the standings, Utah, Portland, and Oklahoma City will one, two, or all of them will will any of them, or all of them embrace tanking mode. Yeah. That's the question. Do, do do will they have the edict coming out of the All Star break from higher above in their front offices to go ahead and start? Well, well there are four teams. To... They're they're the two torable teams in each league that don't have ten wins. You know, so those four those four teams have got. There those those are the four teams that get the best odds. I think they get like 13% chance of the of the odds, 52% between those four teams. So that means that the teams that are that are like 20 games, 20 games and 24 games and 26 games and 22 and 23, all of those teams are going to be in line for top 10 picks. Well, the thing take. is right now, before tonight's game, the Lakers were had this they were seventh, seventh right. as far as the lottery chances. If that can be swapped out. You know, and the Lakers move right. higher up in the standings, and some of these teams move down. That gives those teams, like maybe Oklahoma City or maybe Utah, an idea that maybe if we just go on a losing streak, a little bit of a losing streak, and get to where the Lakers were at, that gives us a top seven chance, Sean, mm-hmm. to go ahead and go after Victor Wembyama, and that's a chance that they can have as far as getting right. that number one pick. Yeah, Gerald. You know they're <laughs> they're. There are different kinds of 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 um, characteristics to give to certain players. 
Victor Wembayana is what you call one of a kind. Yes, he is. There's not another Victor Wembayana waiting in the wings. There's only one. So if you have an opportunity to try and select him, ladies and gentlemen, the podfather was correct. You take that opportunity and run with it. So I, I'm with Gerald. I, I expect at least one or two Western Conference teams right now who who are muddying the waters there to just decide, yeah, we're just gonna aid, just gonna parachute out and try and lose as much as possible because you could beat Cleveland and get the yeah, right. Well, you know, <laughs> it may come a time where they put they say, oh well. You know, just just out of the blue, Shy Shy has a plantar fasciitis flare up again, and we're gonna have to uh, keep him out for a couple weeks. I could definitely see something like that happening. I don't think Portland will tank. Damian Lillard's not built like that, and even if he got a whiff of it, I think uh, it would completely turn him off. And like he's very loyal to that franchise, so. I wouldn't expect them to punk him and, and say, oh, yeah, well, we, we want to lose as many games as possible so we can get this kid. Um, I'd love to be a fly on the wall when you had that conversation with him. One of those other teams, New Orleans, Golden State, they're going to have to make a decision too because both your studs are, are gone for a few more weeks. Now, which, now which one would make a move here what's more likely it's it's probably golden state because you can always you can always save step for next year new orleans is a different story you're trying to build something with zion around this team but he can't stay healthy and the most games he's going to be able to play this year is half the season because he's only played in 29 games so far so it's tenuous right now, man. Like there, like you said, Gerald, there are certain teams in in the mush that shouldn't be there. They should be trying to hang out with uh, Houston and San Antonio instead. They're tr- they're deluding themselves and thinking that if they get the plan, it'll stir up you know local ticket drives or you know some some local momentum as far as regional coverage, what have you. No, that's that's not the way this this game works. If you could get the one of a kind, you get the one of a kind. The garbage man who wins the lottery doesn't throw the ticket in the in the dumpster. That's a quote by Ari Gold, and it's as true today as it was when he spoke it. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com.
Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. The Lakers do win 120-102. Guys, it's been a great time. We're happy. We're psyched about what happens after the All-Star break. We're going to – no, you guys don't get a vacation from us, that's for sure, because we're going to provide some great content over the next few days and over next week as well. Kevin Love is finalizing a buyout. Yeah, that's we, we talked about that in the chat. I don't think he's going to the Lakers. I think people need to go ahead and – you know, maybe calm down on that. I think he's going to go to a contender, which is strange that Cleveland, okay, would still let him go, knowing that they're a contender. Obviously, something happened there as far as him. Maybe he no told him he's going to the Lakers, and that's why they let him go. Maybe. Uh, I I don't know what really he can give you at this point. That Well, the only position we need anybody is the center. Yeah. Great, great rebounder, outlet passer. Uh, we could well we could use an upgrade on the shooting guard position, and that's that's about that. But again, it's the Lakers found the shooting guards. We got we got well, the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you, regardless, all right. I, I see you, Joe. I see you, Joe. But before we head on out, uh, guys, I want you to go ahead and then share some thoughts on what the Lakers, uh, you know, hopefully can go ahead and work on coming out of the, the uh, All Star break, and then obviously, uh, you know, how disappointing was it was for you now and what kind of hopes you have for the next uh, 23 games going forward? Sean, I'll start with you. Uh, sorry, Gerald, I was on mute. Can you repeat that? Yeah, just saying, what, what kind of hopes do you have for the Lakers in the next 23 games? Yeah, you know what, Gerald? Um, I'm hoping that, like you said, man, it, start, it starts with small goals, right? That We have squad goals and small goals. So one of the squad goals right now is to get to 500 get to 500 once you get to 500 then you can kind of pull over on the side of the road see the way traffic's moving and figure out where you need to go next so they they just need a sense of positivity and moving things in the right direction like i said i think it would be um prudent and it would behoove them greatly to come out of the all-star game and just punch golden state right in the face right in the face and set a tone for the next for the next 23 games in the next 40 days because we're going to need to buckle up here it's been a bumpy ride so far but you know an old dirt road could still get you home. You don't need a highway. So it looks like we're going to try and take the dirt road home. I think they could do it, man. I like as much as, as much as I said, what I said a few days ago, um, I, I still think the trade was a success. Time is an issue, but they've got the games in front of them to get it done. <sighs> Fingers crossed, baby. Fingers crossed. Go Lakers. Tom, any last thoughts on the final 23 games before we head on out? You know, I, I think it's even more than just the final 23 games. I think what the Lakers accomplished at the trade deadline has me confident about next year. And the moves that I saw being made by Darwin Ham adjusting his lineup and the players that he played and the rotations that he had tonight, give me a lot of confidence. I, I'm, I'm right there with John. I think that, I, I think we have to be realistic. A lot will depend on just where, where the top six teams end up. 
you know, I, I think it's going to be tough to make. I, I think that our best chance is to make the seven or eight seed in the play-in tournament so that we only have to play one play-in game. I think it's going to be very difficult to get to the number six seed because I think other teams are going to start winning. We're not going to be the only team that's going to, you know, it, it's we're going to break up five or six teams that are all at 29 or 30 wins. It's going to break up. And I think the Lakers are going to be in the maybe the seven or eight seed, and I think I'll be happy with that. I think the main thing is win. I want to win all 23 games. I want to be in every game. I want to see the team really have a lot of these games like tonight where they win by 20, where all of a sudden people start thinking that, man, this team is going to be a juggernaut by the time they get to the playoffs. They're going to be a team that nobody wants to face coming off of the play-in tournament. Who's going to be number one in the West? You think you think you think it's going to be the Suns? The Suns are not going to want to play the Lakers in the first round. I'll tell you that. And if they're one and two and the Lakers are seven and eight, good luck. Joe, any final thoughts on the 23 games before we head on out, my friend? If they had lost tonight, you could have opened up the, the sewer line for sure. They kept it closed for at least one more game. They have no more excuses, really, yep. after a week of rest, week and a half of rest. They're going to play Golden State at home. Even when Golden State was good uh, and healthy, they seem to always play those guys well. You beat them at home, you need to beat them in your building. If you win that game, you get two more days off after that before you play, um, I believe, Oklahoma City. If I'm correct? Yep. So... Dallas. You, Dallas. Dallas. Okay. So Dallas is reeling right now. It, it's kind of baffling to me how terribly run that organization is since Mark Cuban decided to become a Shark Tank guy and all that stuff. I've been trying to tell everyone that Mark Cuban is successful in life and it does cool things, but running a business like this business takes your full attention. And when it's already hard when you do have full attention. So Dallas is likely not going to solve any of the major problems they had, which was playing good defense and having a team that can co cohesively play consistent day in and day out. Uh, they're too top heavy. And now they're even more top heavy with, with uh, another ball handling score that doesn't play defense. So between Oklahoma City, Portland, and Dallas, these are the three teams you're probably going to have to outduel towards the end. And the Lakers are going to have to get on a winning streak of four or five very quickly here to make up the two games that they're behind for the 10th seed. If they can win five in a row, they state that becomes a very, very big reality that they can start sneaking into that game, the, the, the play-in. And then after that, they can – get a, another loss, but they got to win another three or four in a row. So essentially they got to win four games for every one. To finish they, win, they go 80%, they'll have 17 and six. But in the end, I think we're seeing something that's been unprecedented in the NBA, at least since I've been watching basketball. I'm not going to go by the seventies. And even when you look at the seventies appearances of teams, you look at, uh, the Knicks and the Lakers. You look at Milwaukee and and uh, Boston. 
and uh, Washington at the time. I'm, I'm naming oh, the final. Oh, okay. I'm naming the finals participants during the '70s when they said that was the most parody there was in the NBA was the '70s because you, you didn't have any repeat yeah. champions. But if you look at the teams, '70 was Lakers, Knicks. Lakers were always there, right? The Knicks with the three finals in four years. So it was the Knicks and Lakers. It was the Milwaukee Bucks and the Washington Bullets. Then you had the Lakers and Knicks again, and then the Lakers and Knicks again, and then Boston and, and Milwaukee. And then you had Golden State and um, uh, who did they play in 75? Uh, Washington, I think. Washington, yeah. Um, 76, you had uh, Boston and Phoenix. 77, you had Portland uh, beat the, the Sixers after being down 0-2. 78 well, and 79 were Washington and the, the Sonics. So you had still some consistency. With this one, with this era, we're looking at what could be the beginning of what could be a baseball result in the pl- playoffs where even a one seed is not immune to busting out in a bad way right off the bat. Phoenix showed that last year. So, but, but the Lakers have to create some kind of out of this world chemistry within the next 23 games. And they have to be healthy and focused. We do this every time they win guys. And I'm trying not to, ah, no, I'm not doing that. I need to see a winning streak of four or five right now. I agree. And then I'll tell you what's going on. 23. I want nothing less than 23. I agree. I want 23, 23 and all. I want 50 wins plus. this year. I want 50 wins this year. Let's yep. do it. Let's do it indeed. Once again, the Lakers do win 120 to 102. It's been great having everyone here. Got some great people in the chat room tonight. The best Lakers chat room that's out there is right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Again, we will be providing content throughout the All-Star break, so you will not feel lonely. We will be here for you. We will be here to go ahead and talk to the NBA, talk to the Lakers. I've already got a couple things in the can. I hopefully we'll be able to distribute out next week as far as for the channel. So make sure that uh, go ahead and check us out constantly right here at the Lakers Fast Break. If you've not liked and subscribed to us already, please do so right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Sean, I wanted to go ahead and make sure that we talk about at least when you come up in our NBA observations about this Dallas Mavericks situation that Joe was alluding to a little bit before on his closing statements in regards to the Luca Kyrie love fest, which is not working so well so far mm. after just a few games. Not at all, Gerald. And uh, so far, I'm eating crow over that. Um, I actually thought that I thought this. This would pour, uh, would um, play out more advantageously for them in the playoffs, but you have to make the playoffs in order for that to work out. The way they're reeling right now, they could possibly be in a play-in opportunity themselves, Gerald. I mean, you you said it. Teams are going to take advantage of them now that they're small. Yep. We've seen and that already with the Lakers, what happens when you go small consistently over time. You can't rebound. That starting lineup is really, really minuscule compared to other it teams. And it they is. They get killed on the boards and ki- and they can't even play defense. It is, uh, yeah, and 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 that 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 that's another. You know, I remember Reggie Bullock played for the Lakers. I also remember Reggie Bullock played certain. 
decent. I saw defense. Muscala the other last night when you're playing in Milwaukee, and he played infinitely better than he played for the Lakers. What's yes, up with it's that? Yes, am- it's it's amazing how that works, isn't it? Yeah, all these great role players somehow go go ahead, sir. You're on mute, Joe. Be great. We can hear what you say. But you're on mute. I, I I'm gonna let Sean finish, and I wanna I wanna give another stat that's gonna be important to understand okay. how the NBA. Is. Yeah. So, especially tonight, especially tonight, Gerald, uh, with the with the the length and the lack of um, I'm gonna call it sandpaper. Uh, that that's that's a term that gets thrown around a lot. It just means toughness. It's just another word for, and you need guys on your team with some sandpaper. They can get dirty and grimy and gritty. Dallas really doesn't have that. They're more finesse. We're going to to beat you 145, 128. We're just going to try and outscore you now, Gerald. And, you know, as we know, Gerald, if you want to win an NBA championship, you you win that first four, the next four get harder. Yep. And then you got to win eight more. And if you want to win eight more, you're probably facing a top five defense, top 10 defense, and you're going to need to play excellent defense yourself in order to put yourself in a position to get to the finals. And then it takes four more wins after that. Like you said, man, and I'm eating crow right now. I I I thought that uh, this would be a move for the playoffs, but again, you have to get to the playoffs in order for that to make a difference. Again, Luca Luca's name is in the MVP race. I think you know, for some reason, like a lot of other young dudes, you know, and whatever. I get it. You're young. You're invincible. You think you could do it all. Uh, well, I could show up to camp 12 pounds overweight. I'll just lose the 20 pounds in the next eight, nine weeks. But guys who come into this season already diesel, like Jason Tatum and Jokic, they're, they're not thinking – they're just not thinking about MVPs. They're thinking about the rings. Yeah. And I, I don't think the I don't think the Mavs have that mentality yet as a team, Gerald. Yeah. And I think you've pointed that out too. It's it's more about, you know, let's look good and let's let's be cool while we're doing it. But you know, it's the maturation just isn't there yet with Luca. And um you add Kyrie to the mix and that's that's a whole nother kind of it's volatile, man. It's volatile. Like we 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 already saw what happened once when the wrong point guard got traded to Dallas under Mark Cuban's tenure. Yeah, we saw so, that. So so if that was any indication of what's to come, get ready, get ready because there's going to be a whole lot of popcorn sold. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Before we head on out, guys, I want to go ahead and ask you something that got to be the shoes. One of those guys who still wants to trade everybody, LeBron. He's a, he's asking for a trade for LeBron for Jalen Brown. He's at trade AD. He's just in a he's almost training as much as Laker Tom does during the course of the season. But he did ask a good question. I want to ask this before we head on out. What is your favorite Lakers uniform? I mentioned to him I love the standard gold and purple. The home well, it was at the time the standard home uniforms back in the day with the black mamba 
uniforms that they wore during the course of the the bubble a very close second tom i'm going to start with you what is your favorite Mama uniforms. which the one Mama uniforms. the powder blue no the mamba uniforms and the mamba uniforms. yeah excellent choice excellent choice joe what are your same. favorite same same yep same and then uh sean magic man uh, the purple and gold is always underrated, but that's kind of standard, I think, uh, over the course of the years. I mean, it's still very good. Love it, no less. But, you know, what is your favorite, Lakers? You know, Gerald, I, I have to say, I, I got to go with the Jerry West, Elgin Baylor Forum Blue from the 60s. It is, it is the short really shorts? nice. What's that? The short, shorts. The short shorts, huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, well, not the shorts, but the. the <laughs> That that's a beautiful that's a beautiful blue and um, uh, I've always enjoyed it. It's it's a I loved how um, the outside the outside um, stripes are. You know, you've got the light blue. You've got the is it more uh, what what would you call that? Um, like a a royal blue, forum blue, man. Yeah, forum blue, yes. and then the white. It's very nice. It's very nice. I will say I do like the the. They're, they didn't wear them a lot, but I remember during the 08 season, uh, the Lakers wore their old Hardwood Classics Showtime uniforms, and they looked really good on Kobe Powell and Lamar. So I would say those those throwback hard, Hardwood Classics would probably be number two. Well, I will say before we head on out uh, that – you know, you can never underestimate, uh, you know, the, the old purple and gold and obviously a lot of great uniforms in the past. Uh, I would, I was thinking of a Laker Tom would be the, uh, the UCLA colors, the white with the blue. Yeah. Mm. Those look like North Carolina uniforms, not UCLA. They look more like UCLA. Yeah. No, they look more like the UCLA colors. The, you know, the ones I'm talking about with the white, with the, uh, yeah, blue, yeah, I know. I, the Mamba jerseys are by far the best. But I will say, though, it's been great having everyone here. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Carson, when we talk about the OKC Thunder, it sounds like you're an OKC th uh, Thunder fan. And great to have you here, by the way. We truly appreciate you being part of the chat. It's just the fact that, yes, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, tremendous player, superstar. If he's not already, he is very close to it. It's just what, what time frame and what timeline does the front office want to be on? I mean, if if the Oklahoma City Thunder have a bad week at all in the next, uh, you know, coming out of the break, will they say, let's just go ahead and, and pump the brakes and uh, go after Victor because that could be a key to their success. Plus also Chet Holmgren is still waiting in the wings. So yeah, your future is brighter than almost, uh, you know, virtually all the teams in the NBA with all the picks. I'd offer 10 draft that. picks for Wembenyana. Yeah. I mean, yeah, 10 draft picks you for Wembenyana. somebody turned down 10 first round picks for the number one pick in the draft. Well, New Orleans could probably do the same. Brooklyn could almost do the More same. More the merrier. Let's yeah. set a record. Yep, absolutely. That's what I do if I if I if I had 19 or 15 first round picks in my repertoire. That's exactly what I would do coming up this draft. There would you would see the biggest offers that you've ever seen. For the John, I was saying, I was saying with the UCLA, it's like it looks similar to it. I understand there's variances in it, but you know, it looks similar to it. But Joe, any thoughts on them before we head on out? This is an interesting stat that I noticed in this this season when we're talking about parity. So in the West, we've talked about the West being pretty open, right? After 
Memphis at the two seed, the point differential is 2.3 and below. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the Clippers being the Clippers and Minnesota the, the, who hold the five and the six have a point two, point two, not two, point two point differential throughout two thirds of the season. Yeah. yeah. I mean, for, for the, for 60 games and only being a minus 1.4, that's not, that's some terrible. I mean, these guys, so we've been sitting and talking about all these games and how they're all wire to wire. It's not just the Lakers. It's the no. entire NBA. There is no clear cut winner right now in the East. There's a little bit of a division between Boston Milwaukee, to some degree, they're only a 3.1 point differential. Boston's at 6.2, which is somewhat good. Heck, even Cleveland at the four seed has a 5.7. So we're looking at, I mean, we're looking at something that we could start seeing a lot of in the future here, especially if there's a hard cap implemented in the NBA. Get ready to watch major league baseball playoff scenarios in the NBA if that, if that happens. And all these all these uh, draft picks, by the way, just for those of you who are out there, the draft picks, you're going to start seeing draft picks not become a huge asset anymore. I'm going to tell you that right now because there's no point. If you have five picks and you and you hit on every one of them, you're not going to be able to afford to, pay, to, to sign them. You're going to be Oklahoma City. In 2012, you got cheap at the worst time. If you sign Harden to a max deal after they lost the finals to the Heat in 12, it's very, very, very likely that that team would have won a championship in the next year or two. So that's that's what we have. That's what we have. That's what we have to look forward to. There's a chance that that parity will finally arrive in the NBA. We're going to find out a little bit of that this year. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We truly appreciate everyone being out there watching and listening to us. Guys, it's been a great show. The Lakers look very, very good as far as heading into the All-Star break with their best one of their best performances of the year, and I know everybody's excited for that. Looking forward to providing continual great content as only we can provide. And the best chat room that's out there right there at the Lakers fast break, so we truly appreciate it. We're cooking up all sorts of great things for you right here at the Lakers Fast Break. Morty trying to put some things in the can. I'm going to also try and reach out to some more great interviews I've got lined up, including, you know, Tom doesn't know this, but I'm probably going to probably get him a, in on a one-on-one conversation too just to make sure we have some great content sometime during the vacation, sometime during the All-Star Break, just to make sure and check in with Laker Tom that everything's okay with Lakerholics.com. So go ahead and support him at lakerholics.com go ahead and support joe at lakersball.com and go ahead if you are in the southern california area please go ahead and support him today at simblades simblades with a y.com petting my cat the captain of hashtag team replay no worries pmc we're just glad to have you here and part of what we do shout out to john mccallion zangerstein terrence danny there you go lakers there you go absolutely salami jeff so many great names gotta be the shoes gotta be the shoes always got great to have your johnny 2k6 so many great names that were part of today's chat it's truly appreciated 
uh, truly appreciative of what everything that you guys do, the time that you take out of your day to go ahead and check us out. Uh, what is it? How do you reach it? So, okay. I truly appreciate everyone being a part of what we do. It is the Lakers fast break. Once again, stay tuned to us, like, and subscribe so you get the latest notifications of when we go live on the air because we do have stuff for you planned as far as shows in the tank. Lakers hit three one one Who knows? We might have even have another game. There you go. Another quiz show coming up. Yeah, yeah. We're going to do another quiz show. That's got lined up for you as well. Joe, any thoughts to when you might be doing the wings? Because we haven't forgotten about the wings. Yes, the plan is, again, to do it before the season's over. So between now and, I would say, first week of April. So stay tuned. Within the next six to seven weeks, I'm gonna, I am gonna. found a Buffalo Wild Wings that would be a little easier to do a challenge there without too much noise to where I could possibly set up a tripod, a mini tripod, and, and, and be able to broadcast uh, remote, uh, remotely on my phone. What dedication, what dedication. Go. I'm going to be in pain for this one. This one will be pain. <laughs> the one chip challenge was tempered a little bit with my milkshake, which that was the plan. Uh, I didn't have time to get all sick for a week. I'm not going to do that. was never going to do that. It was more going to be the, <laughs> you want to do that, John, you want to go to one in Santee? Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute um, or later. But yeah, uh, the plan obviously will, this is going to happen, guys. It's just a matter of putting it together at the right time and so that we could at least broadcast it with some production value and let everybody have a good time. And also some Magic Man in the morning. That will be coming up after mm -hmm. the All-Star break. I just want to give him some time in the in the command chair to go ahead and make sure he's okay with running the show by himself. Oh my gosh, the Lakers Fast Break channel being run by Magic Man. Who knows what will happen? We'll see. It is the Lakers Fast Break. Truly appreciate you being part of what we do here and keep in touch with what we do. You know what? The NBA might be taking a vacation, but we're not. We're going to present you a lot of great things. We're even thinking about a playback.tv slash Lakers Fast Break all-star watch party. So we'll see. Got a lot of things in the pipeline headed for you in the coming days. We're not taking a break, even though the NBA is. We're here for you right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>